welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill. I am your host, and I can't wait to share my guest with you today. But before we go there, I would like to share with you a quote by Dr. Jeremiah Lowney, who happens to be the guest dad. This is so cool. The quote is, the worst poverty is the lack of ability to imagine a tomorrow any different than today. The worst poverty is hopelessness. The gift we bring to the poor is the gift of hope. Isn't that beautiful? So our guest today is Gail Lowney-Elofson, and she is a national speaker, author, university professor, and business development executive. Passionate about volunteering, Gail serves on several nonprofit boards focused on education, hunger, healthcare, and business. She's worked in sales, hospitality, and event production for Newport Harbor Corporation, recently rebranded Newport Restaurant Group for over three decades. Gail's book, Your Someday Is Now, What Are You Waiting For? Now is in its second printing and it has raised over $42,000 for nonprofit organizations. As a speaker, Gail presents on personal and career success, both in person and virtually, and she's been an adjunct professor since 1999. She welcomes every day and 2021 as an opportunity to live life to the fullest. And now you know why I so wanted to bring on Gail. Gail, welcome. Welcome, Heather. I feel like we are kindred spirits. Oh, we so are. <laughs> I can't for, I cannot thank our mutual friend, David Reederman, for introducing both of us. So appreciative for that. It's been such a gift. I've thanked him as well. We love David and I have grown to love you as well. And I think momentarily our listeners are going to feel the same way. Now, we were chatting before we started the show, and it just struck me how incredibly busy you are, but you managed to get it all done. How do you manage working full-time, teaching, speaking, everything that you're doing? Well, I don't sleep. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. It's a matter of choice, and I believe it's a matter of life management. I like to juggle a lot, and you do too, Heather. I feel like you do too. Yes, um, people will ask, how do you have time to do all that, especially all that volunteering? And my answer is we have 1440 minutes in a day. We just have to decide how we want to spend those minutes. Mm. I'm also a big list for list. And I think I make a list for a list. Do you make <laughs> That's yeah. great. You know, I just love when I talk to, you know, other busy people who are just incredibly productive and doing good work in the world. It it strikes me. um, I remember, I guess it was, oh gosh, 10 years ago, somebody said to me, if you want something done, give it to a busy person because they know how to prioritize. They know how to get stuff done. And that's definitely you as well. I'd like to to learn a little bit more about your career path. How did you get where you are? What did you love the most? 
Oh, I've loved it all. I'm still loving it. But my career path, I graduated from Tufts with a degree in political science. Mm -hmm. And I fell into the hospitality industry. My goal was to be an ambassador. I had studied at Tufts University, Fletcher School of Foreign Diplomacy, and I wanted to be an ambassador, fly all over the world making people friends. And I think I do that in a sense. I think we all do in the hospitality industry. Mm -hmm. um, my first job was with a cruise line. Then I did sales for a beautiful resort on the water. And then my husband, John, my husband of 32 years asked me to marry him. So I came kicking and screaming, if you can believe it, to Newport, Rhode Island. I didn't want to leave Connecticut mm -hmm. and ended up, quote unquote, at a property called the Newport Yachting Center. It was a four four and a half acre canvas right on the waterfront in Newport. And they mm -hmm. wanted to produce events, concerts, festivals, boat show. Well, we, they were already producing a boat show. We, I should say, were already in Newport Yachting Center, became Newport Harbor Corporation, between, became Newport Restaurant Group. I started when we were 12 employees and we're now 1,500. I cannot leave my full-time job. Because <laughs> oh, you love it so much. That's like, I can't wait to come in. I kiss my desk. I kiss my uh, desk on Monday mornings. It's a uh, dream job. But I'm allowed to intersect this. It has given me the freedom to intersect other things I love. Teaching at the University of Rhode Island for 20 years. My radio show, speaking and training. Because you can do work from anywhere. So obviously, if we're running a concert or we're running the boat show, you've got to be here. But um, I, our concert business, all of that, we sold off back in 2014. So mm -hmm. the one show I work on right now is called the Newport International Boat Show. We're the third largest in-water boat show in the country with a team of five women behind the helm. Awesome. How's that? That's <laughs> fantastic. I love it. And, you know, I just have to draw attention to... Um, anyone who is listening and happens to have seen the show notes and Gail's picture and her in person, you can't see her right now, but she's absolutely stunningly beautiful. And I can't, I can't fathom how you're throwing around these dates of you've been there for three decades, this, since this, like, like you look like you're 25. How, oh. what? Come on. Right, this is right back at you. Right back at you. Oh Mutual my gosh. Admiration. So crazy. So one of the quotes on your website that is about you that I love is, Gail is like the sun. And how can you not get energy from the sun? That is so fabulous. Why are you so positive And what keeps you there? I am so, 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 so grateful. Mm. I truly live in gratitude. I wake up in the morning and I thought, start thinking about what I have to be grateful for. I go to bed at night, so grateful. My life is not perfect. But again, I'm just, I, I live in gratitude. I feel like someone just referred to me last month as a pragmatic optimist. And I'm not, I'm not sure if this is true, if I'm really realistic. I'm, I'm extremely optimistic. Mm -hmm. I'm, I just am a positive person. My sister though, this is interesting, just brought to my attention last month. She said, Gail, there's this whole concept of toxic positivity. You have to be careful. You know, I, if you say, Heather, if you said to, oh, my leg hurts today, I might, and you're my sister or my really good friend, I might quit back. Hey, be happy you have a leg. Mm. And my sister's like, no, 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 no. You have to show your compassion. I can understand your pain. I know, I can't understand your pain. My leg doesn't hurt, but I know it's real. That's all people want. They yeah. just want that. And there's so much pain during COVID that I can't say to people, oh, 
Be grateful you have a job. Be grateful you have your family. Be grateful you get to see your parents. I'm not living their life. Everybody's living their journey. So I used to be probably a little bit too positive, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. around other people. I'm, I'm working on my empathy and always, always, always working on my EI, my emotional intelligence. <laughs> You know, Gail, I absolutely love this because I am getting a lot from this. Gosh, I, probably 25 years ago, I was networking in person when we were allowed to do that. And I was having breakfast with someone that I had met at a function. Um, and I was talking like, I'm very positive like you are. And he said, this is just, it's just ridiculous. You are too positive. Nobody is really that positive. And it, it was devastating to me because I'm like, no, really, I am this positive, but you hit the nail on the head because you can be positive about you and your life and lead by example that way. But I see where the toxic side of it is. If you're telling the other person that they should be positive, you're not feeling the empathy. I love this differentiation that you just made for me. It's an eye opener. I love it. Thank you, Heather. <laughs> my sister is the one who really gets the credit. Okay, so, so what's your sister's name? Oh, my sister, Marilyn Lowney, and she's in Norwich, Connecticut. She is the executive director of the Haitian Health Foundation. Uh -huh. And I also have my other sister, Jen, who's in Colchester, Connecticut, and my brother, Mark, in Tiverton, Rhode Island. So Jen and Mark are doctors, and my sister's in the med field. I'm the outlier. I'm the, uh -huh. I'm the event the event woman. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is that I really wanted to transition into the work with the Haitian Health Foundation. So that was a perfect lead. And I didn't even know it was going there. So now you've been volunteering in Haiti for the Haitian Health Foundation since what you were 19. Yes. Tell us about that story and how and how it evolved for you. Well, my first trip to Haiti was my junior year at Tufts. My father had been had gone to Haiti the year before, and this is after. Well, I'll, I'll go back. My sophomore year of Tufts, I got the call you don't want to get that my father was given one year to live. He had a rare form of bladder cancer, but he had promised to go to Haiti for one week with our church, but to volunteer medically. And my brother went with him too. My dad is an orthodontist in Norwich. And when you have dental disease in any third world country, you can die. Oh so he went down for the week and he pulled teeth and my brother helped deliver babies. And he came back and my mother said, I, we're gonna get involved with this. I want all the children to have the opportunity to go. And let me tell you, this is before it was cool or they thought this is great on an application, like, oh, you're going to volunteer. This was real volunteering down there. Mm -hmm. So I went down with my dad and it was life altering. We both were runners at the time. So my dad and I would jog first thing in the morning at 5.30 because then I would help him. I was his dental assistant throughout the um, day. And one morning we're jogging, I shouldn't say one morning, it was every morning, and we'd see people and pigs competing over a banana peel. Can you imagine? People oh and God. pigs, like for that little piece of banana. That, that prompted me actually to go back to the university and teach a course for the freshmen. The seniors were allowed to teach the freshmen called, the course was called Ever Compete with a Pig, Making It in the Third World. Mm. But the story gets better because my father, 
ended up meeting Mother Teresa of Calcutta, where he had set up outside of, and there are no coincidences, you and I both believe this, mm -hmm. where he had set up the makeshift clinic was outside of one of Mother Teresa's homes for the dying in Port-au-Prince. And her sisters asked my father, they loved him, could you come back? We need you. So he came back every three months for a year and he would bring back messages from mother because there were no phones then, there was ham radio. So my dad would bring home and call Mother Teresa's office and give the sisters the message from mother. And then one day he gets a call from Mother Teresa. Dr. Lowney, I'd like you to build a clinic in Jeremy, Haiti. And his name is Jeremiah. He's, she's like, you need to go to Jeremy, Haiti. I need you there. He's like, Mother Teresa, I have four kids under the age of 19. He didn't really say that, but that was in his head. Mm -hmm. He never looked back. He went and he um, ended up building the Haitian Health Foundation, which was not easy. It was years of work for him and my mom to do this. Still working full time, still raising his kids. And now this is, has turned into 200,000 people served every year medically. So medical, we have a school, he um, supports an orphanage, and we have a play, the only clinic it's an outpatient well it's actually an inpatient clinic for women in high-risk pregnancies mm -hmm. that they stay there because when the mother dies the children become orphans oh. and there's no place for them to go and then my dad also it's the outpatient clinic that takes care of 200,000 people so this is a gift to our family Haiti has oh. been a gift to our family amazing it's like it's in your blood but can I go back for a moment because your father was given just a short period of time to live. And now he's still like- What happened? My dad had two doctors that said, you have one year to live. That's it. We're very sorry. You've got one year to live. But there was a third doctor, Dr. Giddies. And he said, thank God they called me. You're not going anywhere. I'm gonna do your surgery and you are gonna live. And he gave my father hope. And in the end, hope is what all of us need. And that's what my mother and father and the Haitian Health Foundation do. They bring hope to those less fortunate. Oh, I love that. What a beautiful story. And it ties right back to your father's quote that we started this with. Thank you. That's amazing. This You've carried this um, desire to help other people um, in through even the, let's talk about your book for a moment, because you've donated a hundred percent of the sales of your book. Your someday is now, what are you waiting for? So that's amazing. Tell me more about the book and how that came to be and what made you decide to do that? Yes. I'm going to get right to the book when I mention this one thing. Okay. Um, going to Haiti and working there for a week is a gift to my soul. Like when mm -hmm. I volunteer with the dentist and volunteer with my dad or other groups there, it's coming home. It's coming home and speaking about Haiti, doing tuna fish drives, soap drives, money, you know, talk, um, speaking at conferences or selling my book mm -hmm. to raise money. That's my real work. Going down there, it's not, oh, isn't Gail nice? She goes to Haiti. Give me a break. We have a, it's more important for the engineers and the doctors and the plumbers to go down there and the computer people, not Gail. So that segues to the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's I gave away the money for the book. I wrote the book as a gift to my son, Samuel. It's, um, it was a gift to Sam for his 18th birthday. 
But because the designer of the book, Brian Heil, a wonderful man, his daughter died in July. While we, with the day, it's like the month we, I finished the book, his daughter had passed away. So the book went on hold because mm -hmm. here I was thinking, here's his 18 year old daughter who passed away in a horrific car crash oh, that scary. was not her fault. Mm -hmm. And here's, and what a man Brian is, an amazing man. He has a whole foundation, Fierce for Shannon. And here's, I get, I still get my son. So when Brian and I were able to meet in November and we finished the book and when I was driving, when I was driving to um, up to meet him to do the final edits, this feeling, this actually it was sunlight came through my window. It was a foggy morning. And this thought came in my head, give all the book money away. And I talked back to that son and said, oh no, are you <laughs> kidding me? I've got thousands of dollars into this book. Mm -hmm. I have, I'm not giving the money away. I'll give partial proceeds away. And the, this, it just was like, not even a voice, this feeling like sunshine on my body that said, give all the money away. So then I couldn't put the book on Amazon because they, as you know, they keep a big percentage. Yeah, so I just started selling it at conferences thinking, God, if we make a thousand dollars at the book launch alone, we made $15,000 for three different nonprofits. Wow. And then um, we, I sell it at conferences. I sell it on the back of my car. So <laughs> it is going to go on Amazon soon. It has to. My husband and I were looking at each other the other day. We can't keep selling books out of the basement. <laughs> so, so it was a gift for, for Sam. And it's, that's what it was, a gift for Sam. And for the nonprofit organizations, because so far it eats. $42,000 from this back of your car sales. I know. Incredible. I'm, Absolutely incredible. And it's the whole premise of it is your someday is now. Stop. I want to shake people and say, mm. what are you waiting for? Be the architect of your life. Yeah. It's so easy for all of us to let another week, a month, a year slip by. And this is not our practice life. I tell people we spend more time working on our work budgets, our home budgets, our vacations than we do thinking about what we want. Um, so I don't mean to be preachy with it, but it's like, get out there as my mom always says and live every heartbeat. I love that. Live every heartbeat. That's phenomenal. And you know, this is a message that listeners need to hear right now because, you know, there are a lot of people out there struggling and not sure, you know, how to move forward, maybe blaming the economy or the pandemic or other things, but there are things that we can each do, right? And, and to move our lives forward. This is these great suggestions, Gail, great wisdom. Um, I'm going to give you the opportunity right now to practice for your sister. Okay. So let's talk about a challenging time in your life. Now I know you're going to turn this around because you're, you're very positive like me, but tell us about the challenge, you know, how it impacted you, um, and what you learned. Well, the biggest challenge, there were two challenges. One was my dad, because I love him and my mom so much, it, it hurts. Mm -hmm. And I love our whole family so much. But the other was having three miscarriages in one year. Oh my gosh. No, I know you don't know this. <laughs> November, June and November. Wow. And my brother's partner at the time was my OBGYN. And I remember my brother coming in um, after each miscarriage and he'd say, I can't believe this. Like, my wife has five children. I feel so bad. And I said, it's okay. And my brother's very spiritual and so am I. And we would just pray. And I knew, I knew there was gonna be an answer. That December, 
just, I don't even know. These things just happen. I, my father and mother said, let's all go to Israel. We're going to go to Israel and we're going to have a vacation in Israel. So I went to Israel without my husband because his father had passed away earlier that year and he was taking his mom back to England just to be with her sisters. And so he took his mom back to England and I flew to Israel with my mom and dad and sister and best friend, Sister T, my eighth grade teacher, this the coolest nun ever. Mm -hmm. And when we, we met, we accidentally, it's a longer story, but we accidentally met this priest who said, how would you like a sunrise tour of Jerusalem tomorrow. Wow. And I looked at, I'm like thinking, oh my God, we're so jet lagged. Do I really want this? And my dad's like, we'd love it. <laughs> and my mother's like, that would be lovely. So we get up. And then in the middle of the tour, he asked me a question you shouldn't ask, but he didn't know. He said, you've been married for seven years. Why don't you have children yet? Uh -huh. And I looked at him and I just burst into tears. And I told him about the miscarriage. He's like, okay. God will have an answer in the next, the next church we go to, we're going to pray. And he prayed over my head. And wouldn't you know that nine months, four days later, Sam was due on the priest's feast day. He actually came on October 12th, which was a little bit longer than that. Yeah. And wow. it's, it's, it's all, I, I just knew somehow, some way I was going to have a child somehow, whether it was adoption or through mm -hmm. me. I was going to have a child. And that was the only child I had. And I don't look at it as an only because having thousands of students in these past 20 years at URI, I feel like I've adopted so many of them or they've adopted me. <laughs> my beautiful nieces and nephew, my sister has four daughters, um, my brother with his five. I'm just, I feel so blessed with all the gifts of these lives in my life. Uh, and, you know, I, I've seen you in action. You're a wonderful professor. And I just, I think that you are a gift to them. And I'm sure that I could see on your face, you get a lot of joy from teaching as well. What an amazing story. Now, is there, you know, I love this question. I don't ask it a lot, but I, I'm really curious as to your answer. If you could have dinner with anyone, um, living or dead, who would it be? I feel like I'm on a religious track with you. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. There is not another person who's walked this earth and made the impact on humankind on humankind that he has. So I would pick Jesus and I would thank you for blessing the blessings, not blessing the blessings in my life. And of course I'd ask him to say grace. Yeah, of course. Oh, <laughs> and if, if we could have one more person, I'd ask, hey, Jesus, can we ask Mother Teresa to come too? I want to thank her. I want to thank her for the gift of Haiti, for the gift of volunteerism, for the, the gift in, my, in our lives. Beautiful. That's amazing. Um, and do you happen to have a, a mentor that I know that you are a mentor to a lot of people, but do you have one of your own? My mom and dad have been my rock. I mean, there, there are many lessons from volunteering to exercise. Oh my gosh, my dad would wake us up in, at 5.30 in the morning. We had to go jogging with him five miles before school. So, um, and I say had to, we got to go yeah. jogging with him. They taught us how to eat properly, get enough rest, and then a, inspired a culture of hard work. They're hard workers and they love ambition. And I love that they inspired that. And then my second would be, I mean, I have so many mentors. So do you, right? We have so many. Yeah. But my other mentor would be Sister Teresita, my eighth grade teacher and best friend, mm -hmm. because she is a rock in my life. And I talk to her every single day. 
Wow. Every single day. It's just like clockwork. We just know. We don't say, I'll talk to you tomorrow. We just know. <laughs> and then she becomes everyone else's friend. Heather, when you meet her, and you will, whether it's on Zoom or in person, you're going to be friends with Sister T. Uh, I well, can't wait to meet her. She sounds no. fabulous. No. She's just really, really fun. And I will say, she is a little naughty. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you have to edit that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's very, she's just so real. She's mm. so real. I love that. Oh my gosh. You know, I am just having so much fun with you. We could talk all day long, but I want to make sure that we get out the message of how people can reach you. How can they find your book? How can they, you know, bring you in to speak? Can you share? And, and we'll add whatever links you give me to the show notes, but can you share how the best way for people to reach you? Yes. Um, my email is very easy. Gail at gailspeaks.com mm -hmm. and it's G-A-I-L. Okay. Although some people might say it's like a gale wind, <laughs> <laughs> but it's G-A-I-L. Gail at gailspeaks.com. Mm -hmm. And my website is gailspeaks.com. Fantastic. Okay. And like I said, listeners, don't worry, we're going to put that in the show notes for you some additional information about Gail. Um, definitely, if you, you know, if you want to grab a hold of her book, that it's going to go to a very worthy cause. That's fantastic. So I, I don't even know how you're going to do this. But I'm going to ask you to wrap up with your burning insight that you want to leave people with? Is there one thing that you really want to make sure that our listeners walk away with? Oh, Heather, you know me, there's two things. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and I love burning insight for the from <laughs> fire. I love that. My Bopchu, my grandmother on my mom's side, Bopchu's Polish for grandmother, whether we had a skin knee, a broken heart, a bad grade, we were mad it's about something, she would pull us on her lap, no matter what age we were, and say, ah, 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 she'd like cluck, ah, ah, these are your happy days. These are your happy days. Wow. And my mother always counsels us and everyone around her, live, capital L-I-V-E, every heartbeat. And uh -huh. I'm going to add, live with undeniable joy because this is not, this is not our practice life. Oh, that's so phenomenal. But Gail, you're making it very difficult for me to pick that one quote. That I, think I'm gonna... <laughs> I, think my, I think my dad's quote, don't you think? Well, you know what? It is beautiful, but I think that I'm just going to break my own rule and add them all in the show notes <laughs> people because they're just all so good. So, Gail, you have been amazing, just as I had anticipated, full of life and love and such heart and wisdom. Thank you so much for sharing it with us all today. Well, thank you for having me. And it's funny when you said you could talk to us for, for me to forever. You and I do talk forever on a Zoom. <laughs> and, I, and I love introducing you to my friends. I'm like, you have to meet Heather. Sister T will be the next one. That's for right. sure. Definitely. I'm going to call you on that. After we finish here, I'm going to send you an email. Introduce me to Sister T. I can't wait. Thank you again, Gail. Thank you. Thank you.